welcome, and thanks for listening to AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. This week's episode is 2020 Perspectives in Ag Tech. Here's your host, Laura Hankey. Thanks, Brian. Good morning, Claudia. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, Laura. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us here. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I usually start these talks off by asking um, my guests to share what their role is within the company. But this morning, I think it's important to take a step back and and talk about Microsoft's role in agriculture. You know, Microsoft isn't typically a company that I think of when I think of the ag industry. So could you share a little bit of that? Yeah, very good, Laura. And I mean, you're not the first one saying, let's put it this way, but you would be surprised if you see the investment that Microsoft is making in both uh, technology, but also in innovation around sustainability. We have quite some initiatives also around people skilling uh, and about bringing uh, connectivity to rural areas. So that's all sort of uh, activities going on around the company. You would probably not see Microsoft as an agriculture company. Our expertise and clearly is in data and analytics. And we work with organizations that want to bring technology, that want to bring digital services to the ag industry. So this could be a food company, this could be an ag input provider, an ag equipment provider, uh, ag tech companies, but sometimes it's also governments or insurances and banks. So we, we don't limit who we work with. So while you might not see Microsoft in the first place, the underlying technology is, um, is our technology. Very good. So, you know, to put that in context, you're not working with farms directly, correct? You're, you're working with the companies who support the farms. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, we do have a couple of farms and farmers that work with us when we test out new technology. And uh, if some of them are getting pretty famous and get visits uh, when we bring in people um, uh, all the time. But it's this is more proof of concepts because we believe... Uh, one, we need to have those companies with the agronomic expertise, but also the ones that have the power to aggregate data amongst different sources to work with. Um, so that's sort of the in the way how we work. Very good. So, yeah, let's let's talk about your role now, Claudia. Um, how do you serve the agriculture market in your role with with Microsoft? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm part of an engineering group that's building out our agriculture platform and roadmap. And uh, the platform is called FarmBeats. And what it does, it helps to consolidate different data sources that are relevant for analytics and agriculture. So think about things like um, weather data, satellite data, data that's coming from equipment or uh, drones or, or sensors on farms. We all build them into a platform where others can build their solutions on. And I talked about some of those companies. So what I do, I work with those companies on their digital strategies and what they want to solve. So it could be a smart equipment for an equipment provider. It could be a connected farm concept for another company. It could be just about precision spraying, precision irrigation. So the platform itself really can solve all of those agronomic challenges. And I work with those organizations that want to build those. Fantastic. Would it be possible? Could you give us an example of some of the solutions that you provide directly to to help mitigate some of those challenges on the farm? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I want to give you a couple of customer examples here, right? And I said, we also work with governments. Uh, One of the um, 
really early adopters of our technology was the USDA here in the US that is using it on their research farms. And here it's very important because basically they say the most important thing on farms is to be able to get this data. Even if we don't know all the possible research purposes we're going to use it for, we want to bring it in one repository that no matter if we are partnering with a university or with another research organization or our own, own data scientists want to work on agronomic models, they can go back to the same quality database and use that for analytics. So that would be one example, and we'll talk about more, I think, throughout the conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing that. So I understand that your already full plate got a little fuller here in 2020 with the appointment to the board of directors for AGI. So talk a little bit about that and your motivation to help steer the company forward. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't be any more excited. Uh, you know, I, I was so happy when um, we announced it in, in March. We've been talking for a while. Uh, AGI is such a fascinating company and it, it really brings together a couple of passions of mine. So one, it's really this um, traditional manufacturing company with this expertise in engineering, the understanding in agriculture, but then it's sort of on this venture of becoming a, sort of a digital uh, company and have digital equipment and connected information. And, and, and you know, when you look at uh, HIS SureTrack, and I, I see a lot in my role, it's probably the most comprehensive suite that I've seen in a long time that really takes farm management that looks into the business aspects and the financial aspects and puts that together at a holistic suite. So very, very exciting. And then for me, I mean, with my background, really what I can bring is this expertise of software development and launching uh, digital services in the market. And uh, I worked with manufacturers for quite a long time. So I helped them on their digital journey, them to become more of a digital organization which means it's not just about bringing products to customers, it's about bringing services to customers. And I think that's very important for Agile. And then lastly, um, I work on a global base, so I pretty have a good view of what's going on in AgTech around the world, and I hope I can bring a little bit of this inspiration, what's going on around the world, back to Agile. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, being a global company yourselves at Microsoft and, and AGI, of course, is a global company as well. You know, do you see opportunity for the two companies to work together in the future? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we already work together. Not everyone knows that, right? But uh, when you think about campuses running on Microsoft Dynamics, uh, and we'll talk about other areas, but I absolutely see there is a sweet spot of uh, leveraging Agile's deep expertise in agriculture and in the equipment space and what we're trying to build out here with this data platform. So absolutely. And I'm all excited about what's about to come. Very good, very good. So, you know, we have seen, it, especially in the last five, 10 years, uh, more of a monopolization, especially in our input markets and in agriculture, um, but we haven't necessarily seen that in the tech industry. And, and so, you know, to go back to the previous question, you know, being able to work together and, and talk about building things forward, how, how do you feel that, that that is that ag tech hasn't followed suit in that monopolization? And there's still a lot of ag tech startups coming about. Um, why do you think that is? And what do you think that really means for agriculture today? 
Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I think it's a pretty scattered market right now. And in fact, it's going to remain like this for a couple more years. And so there's there's two things that are happening from my perspective. One, it's a pretty new industry, right? We think agriculture is 10,000 years old and, and that's true as well. But ag tech, I mean, I would argue it's five years old if, if you know, others will say it's older, but I say it's five years old. Um, and it's pretty normal in the beginning that you have a lot of players and it's important because those many players are going to drive innovation fast and that's really what we need in the market. Um, it's also a time when you start in an industry where it's all about gathering, right? So you see all those different sensors coming out, different connected equipment. I think it's very important. We've seen that in other industries as well. But as we move ahead, we're getting from uh, gathering data to get insights from data. So that's the first progression. And then from insights, we're going into this predictive stage. So predictive means instead of just seeing what's happening now, data is telling me that there is something that might going to happen. And when we want to go to this stage, it's important that we haven't created data silos, right? So one information sits with this sensor, another one sits with that sensor, and that's happening today. And I know a lot of farmers are quite frustrated about that, right? So you have this in different pockets and you cannot bring it together. So I think that's a little bit of a risk we need to address. Uh, but it's, it's, I'm also saying it's pretty normal to see what's happening right now. Right, right. So, you know, talking to that, you know, looking at the connected farm and talking about those data silos and individual sensors, what is a connected farm today? How do you define that? Yeah, it's a good point. And it's it's so funny, right? Because if you would ask, um, you know, a sensor provider, they would say as many sensors as possible on the farm. And then sure. you talk to an equipment provider and, and we actually see that I was at uh, Equitechnica in Europe uh, last year. And, and it's about, oh, equipment that's talking to another equipment. And uh, and then, you know, you go on a, on a dairy farm and they say, oh, it's the ear tax on our cows, so it's, it's whatever someone thinks it is. But, but for me, it's important to say, what is it what you're going to solve? What is it what you want to uh, be able to answer? And then from what I want to do, can I establish a feedback loop? Um, so I want to give you this quick example. I talked to an F uh, apple grower, I mean, apple grower in New Zealand, and they were telling me about their experts spraying um, uh, the trees so they only get as many apples and in the right size uh, so that it fits their quality criteria. They say those experts have been in their role for many years. Uh, they're super experts. They take 50 different things into account, but still 50% of the time, the outcome is not correct. So if you don't start to track that, right, and this is not about replacing those experts, but there's so many environmental information, there's, you know, things that have been, how old is this tree and all this, if you cannot bring this together, it's really difficult to learn over time. So for me, I want to say a connected form, my definition is to collect just just enough data so that you can accomplish the data and insight that you need for the problem you're trying to solve. And just enough is important because you could put sensors everywhere and track everything and then it's going to be so expensive that you say, why did I uh, even think about technology in the first place? Absolutely. Finding the value and, and where that fits into your farm. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, to that point, talking about um, connected farms and connectedness, you mentioned that 
you believe that the last five years has really been the boom for the tech industry and agriculture. You know, when we think about our iPhones, that seems like a long time. But when we think about ag as an industry, you mentioned 10,000 years old, you know, that that's not such a long time. So when, when we have that conversation, what has that evolution looked like? Um, and what kind of advancements have you seen in the past five years? Yeah, well, and when I say five years, I want to be clear. I mean, we work with organizations in agriculture before that, but all the projects we've done were more process optimization. They were like manufacturing. Can we improve manufacturing? Can we improve supply chain? Can we make um, sales and marketing people more effective? I think the technology has significantly improved in the last couple of years. And we had a research team starting to work on that about five years ago. First thing that it is looked into the key issues. Why is it not happening, right? And there we see connectivity issues on farm. There we see sort of just simple bandwidth on farm. And um, a lot of the things like, I want to talk about some of the uh, innovation that came in the last five years. When I, I talked about, um, connectivity. One of the things our team worked on is uh, TV white spaces. So TV white spaces is using the unused TV spectrum, so the grizzly channels, so to say, on your TV to transmit data. So those are free available channels, and um, and it's it's it sort of uses those to transmit data on the farm. So as we progress with those kind of uh, innovations, you get somewhat independent from the internet connectivity challenges you're facing today. The other thing, really big improvement in terms of image uh, analysis. Like I know one of our teams uh, that's working on the sustainability side uh, worked with the Chesapeake Conservatory on uh, land conservation in 2017. So back then they had like 100,000 miles of image data, but on a 30 meter level, seven years old, there's really nothing you can do precise on that. So then they took it down to a meter level and were able to completely remap the whole area within a couple of days. So, so this allows you to make more precise decision and see incidents or see changes as well. So the speed of being able to update those. This is all happening right now. And then maybe the last example I want to bring is about robotics, right? When you think about uh, not in every not in every ag industry, but um, when I look here in California and even Eastern Washington, there's so much challenges with harvest and, and not enough labor and COVID-19 did its own magic in even having less people. So we're looking into how can we either enable labor with technology or even for specific tasks like harvest have something like robots. All of this innovation wasn't possible just a couple of years ago. Now we can bring all the necessary intelligence on a device, on an equipment that's running through the farm, all innovation that came in the last five years. So it's not a surprise, I think, is my my long-winded answer why you see so much improvement from a technology side in the last five years. Right. So you've already hit on this a little bit, but let's talk a little bit more about what that means to a farmer. So, you know, you're working on the organization side of things and helping them to improve processes. But of course, a farmer wants to know, where do I find value in that? So can you give a couple of examples of how this connectedness is driving value back to the farm and and where farmers are really finding the value at? 
Yeah, and you know, there's so many examples, right? I think it's it's really getting down to what you're growing, and what you're doing on your farm. I think uh, if I pick a very simple um, uh, thing, I would go to irrigation and say, you know, can you, if if you are irrigating your farm, can you significantly improve the water that you are uh, needing on your farm by being able to monitor soil moisture and and only apply as much water as needed? And there's a couple of things we've done is where uh, because we know you cannot have like sensors in every single part of the field, we are mashing up or merging or fusing data that's coming from sensors with satellite images. So you have a much better idea what's the soil uh, moisture across the farm and, and can be much more precise. So precision spraying, precision planting are some of the most obvious areas. But then when I look beyond also into um, uh, the food value chain is obviously around food safety and um, um, being able to detect that there might be a potential risk of a disease or pest outbreak. I mean, all of those have immediate impact on um, your yield, obviously, uh, but also profitability. And I think the future, really, what we're seeing is to be able to make much more precise granular decision on the farm so that you would, you know, um, probably spend less on a, a part of the film, a farm that's less performing and and then really get more return on an investment on a part of the field that's better performing. But being able to make those decisions, I think, is, is just super important. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you've hit on this a little bit when you talked about um, the, the internet challenges that we face really across the country from coast to coast. What does that communication look like today? Um, and how is that impacting connectedness on the farm? Um, and not to throw too many parts into this question, but I think it all fits together. You know, are we talking about a blockchain that, that we're looking at creating on the farm? Yeah, I think there, there's two parts to it, right? I mean, let's say in an absolutely perfect world, I don't know, maybe this is my perfect world, you would be able to monitor and see everything in a very connected farm. But but then to your point, it really goes beyond. And you see this with Agile. So one part is, you know, what is the information you can collect on the farm, but then you harvest and then you store and then, you know, you want to sell grain. So can we see this holistic uh, value chain and optimize it. And I think they're doing a fantastic job in bringing in ex, ex, external data as well and like, uh, you know, being able to see the best time or best price to sell a grain. That's a great example of making uh, use out of a connected value chain. What is going to drive the implementation of those uh, systems, I want to call, is what is what is what you want to accomplish. So I want to give you an example. Um, if I'm a seller of a high-cost leather handbag, I'm not naming a brand here. Right? <laughs> it's absolutely, you know, is it worth being able to trace back from which farm the leather comes and, and sort of the whole way? Absolutely. It's for authenticity. It's for being able to have a proof that it's not a, a counterfeit product. Uh, that's one use case scenario. If, if I'm an brand and you know consumers are going to be more picky about which products they want to buy is it important to be able to say what's the sustainable footprint of this 
potato or this uh, orange or whatever you know uh, I'm, I'm selling i think that's absolutely important so you will see what are the key um, data points that i need to collect uh, to be able to uh, show this to my customer if if i'm a farmer and there's a food recall, you know, wouldn't it be better I can trace it down to the actually field level, not even just farm or region like it happens today uh, and throw everything away. I mean, I think I, I read, I, I don't know, don't, um, I believe I, this is $55 billion for uh, food recalls, right? I mean, that's a massive, um, massive number for the industry. So, the long story is is there's enough value to build those value chains, but there's also cost involved to really have this complete record of what's happening. What we're going to see is this combination about being able to have really good data and sensors and probes and um, on a farm. And then we augment the missing piece with more of predictive analytics. So let's say, I just make an uh, example. If you don't have a sensor in a truck that's transporting food, but it's important to understand, um, you know, heat or, or cold or, or the cold chain, maybe you want to uh, work with hyperlocal weather to see if there is a potential risk or incident. I don't know if this is a good example, but the point here is about, I don't think you will have the investment to have sensors on every single piece of the value chain. And I think it's, it's, it's defined by the issue you want to solve. Mm-hmm. And maybe, Laura, I don't want to, but one really good example, uh, the really fascinating thing about those um, I call it value chains is once you have established those, you get so much use out of it. Um, we Microsoft worked with Starbucks on a coffee grower project and, you know, um, Starbucks is a great brand. So really the uh, initial goal was to be able to prove that this coffee beans are ethically grown, that there is no child labor involved. So they really wanted to be able to make this connection between a cup that someone drinks and where the coffee beans are grown. So they established a, a visibility for that um, value chain. Well, and, and what happened is obviously this is improving consumer experience and, and you see all the nice pictures in, in their coffee uh, shops as well. But it's also shown that being able to show the farmers where their coffee goes had a significant impact on their motivation, on, on, on just their uh, satisfaction working for Starbucks. And then sort of in the next level, uh, there is insight that's coming about product quality, agronomic insight that can be brought back to the farmer. So you establish it once and then and you have multiple ways to pay back your investment. I think that's what I want to say is super, super important with those concepts. Right. So it sounds like there's almost an advocacy and incentivization component yeah, to, to the yeah. system that's being built out both for the farmer and the consumer who's buying the product. Yeah. And I think what makes it so complicated is that in most of the cases and why why we not see this happening all the time is in many cases it 
it involves many players, right? And we're not, we, I make this really general, companies are not used to work with other companies as much. I mean, I said this last week, it's like only seven years ago or eight years ago, people would not allow their employees to take laptops home think about that now right? <laughs> because they were worried about IP and IP loss. Now we're asking them to work with other companies and share data and, and technology can build this safe layer where nobody can sort of access one another's data. It, nobody can tamper with your data. So technology can do it. There's still a trust aspect to it that, that is really complicated for um, companies to, to get around it. Right, right. So I think we could certainly spend an entire 30-minute segment just talking about blockchain and what that communication network oh, looks yeah. like yeah. today and going forward. Um, but to shift gears a little bit, do you think that these technologies are something that a farm can forgo? Um, you know, are they scalable? Is it something that a small farm can use as well as a big farm? What does that look like, Claudia? Yeah, I See, I think, I mean, I, I talked about aggregation in the beginning um, and I, um, I, I said this before and it's, um, it's a little bit provocative, um, but in my opinion, uh, a farm, one farm alone will get some value out of technology, but if you're not able to compare on a broader scale, it's always going to be a little bit limited, right? So when you think about the challenges that we are facing today, it's hard to be profitable or remain profit, profitable. It's, you know, you have labor issues. We talked about that. You have supply chain challenges. Think, again, think about COVID-19 um, for some farmers, all of a sudden you are not delivering to restaurants or food services anymore. How can you change around quickly? Uh, there is higher weather, uh, um, uh, higher weather volatility and, and impacts as well. Uh, there's new regulations coming out all, to, all the time. We need to produce more food. Like let, let's stop here, right? So I think it's all about being able to make better decisions. And as you as you want to make better decisions, you need to be able to aggregate. So I, I think for um, what, what we also see is no matter if it's small or large farm, it's really about thinking what is a trusted party I can work with that can help with this data aggregation. And then not everything needs to be super high tech, right? When you look at uh, emerging markets, uh, we've had a project in India where uh, basically we work with a research organization, use satellite information, weather, and some historical soil information, and uh, provided a planting app that just said, today is the day to plant, today is the day to water. It's like 10 text messages. That was the tech implementation, but they were able to improve 30% um, of yield, so 30% more yield. Now, this doesn't help and work everywhere all the time, but the whole point is about this aggregation, being able to tap into more than uh, one farm's inside. Right. So to that point, do you think that our farmers today are more engaged and connected than they were even five years ago? I think absolutely. I, I think one, I, I truly think there is, and because Microsoft is working with others, I'm not going a lot to 
like farmers events but if I go you would be surprised there's like a line after I talk because people say I want to be the first one to test it out so there is there is a little bit confusion because of all those systems we talked about but there's also this wish to really get something that's valuable for uh, the farmer and I also think um, we're working on uh, skilling initiatives like I said I think we need to get ahead of skilling farmers to work with those technologies and this impact will come over the next couple of years as well. But you know, my favorite um, experience in the last year was I was uh, talking in Texas at a conference and after the session, a 91 year old farmer sat down with me and talked about my AI and this was artificial intelligence talk and wanted to know more, more about it. So, so I think the, there, there's a lot of interest and there's a momentum that uh, needs to be uh, used as well. Right. It's an exciting time. I, I don't think we can deny that. And I also don't think we can deny how progressive farmers are, you know, on a global scale. Absolutely. So yeah, great, great information here this morning. So, you know, thinking about what we've discussed here, um, as we look at wrapping up, what are some of the key takeaways that you would want a farmer to to glean from this conversation? Yeah, I think I come back to what I what I said before. It's it's one um I think it's about thinking about problem solving, not so much about technology, right? I mean, and, and I think I get asked, what is the most important technology in the next couple of years? It's always going to be a combination. Don't look into one thing, like just, but it's it's a matter of uh, what is the problem I want to solve? I want to, I understand there's a lot of fear about data sharing and, and we'll, we'll do the best to work with our customers to make sure that there's no uh, misuse of data, right? I think that's super important. But I would, I hope what's a takeaway, there's really good things that are coming out from data sharing and data aggregation. And, and probably my only other point, Laura, would be to say, um, Pick your trusted advisor, right? And Edge, I think, is neutral and it, it could be a good example here. Take your trusted advisor in the industry and say, how can we work together and you help me in solving those issues? Because it, it, I think farmers will need those organizations that help aggregate information and, and use predictive analytics in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So we did have a couple of questions pop in sure. here. Um, yeah. So with farming, we have lots of data that we are using. Is Microsoft helping to fight the hurdles with increasing broadband access so that we can use the data that we capture on the farm? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things, right? Uh, one is, I think, what I said before, one is this pure thing, can we collect data on the farm, which I talked a little bit about the TV white space technology that's going to help with it. The second piece to it is we are also going to help that more of the, uh, you know, data processing can happen on the farm and on an equipment so that instead of uploading, let's say, for example, I picked the example of a drone, is instead of uploading the whole video take or the whole image data that's coming from a drone, you, you will be able to uh, process this information on the drone and only the things that are important that, you know, a risk or set one alert. So you need much less bandwidth to even make this couple of other concepts we're working on to really make it more practical to work with this 
massive amount of data that's coming from the farm. Yeah, absolutely. So second question here, um, kind of shifts gears a little bit, but certainly intriguing when we think about the number of job opportunities that we have available in agriculture today as baby boomers are retiring. So what jobs do you see will be available for the generation that is currently in high school related to agriculture technology? And then second part, how are we as an ag industry preparing those future employees and innovators to fill those positions? Yeah, you very good questions. And you know, I, I want to just give a quick, I was in uh, King County in California and we had, where they have the largest FFA chapter, we had high school students in front of us, we asked who's going to get into the ag industry. And all of their parents are in ag, let's be clear, three hands came up, right? And so that's really scary because I think there is an issue that enough people want to be in agriculture. So I think and we uh, work with quite a couple of universities, um, really done amazing work with Cornell University where we would come in and, and have um, some, uh, you know, education about technology. And then we're running a hackathon in um, over a weekend. And at the end of the weekend, we had like 12 teams presenting their solution and the winning team actually founded a startup and became you know spe speaking about us get it um so so i think there's a lot of dynamic what we are working on is uh, to help uh, there's a team of ours that's working with the ffa and to look into uh, curriculums and how we can help skilling people because i think those job opportunities will come in all parts of the value chain. So we say, see agronomists and data scientists coming up in food companies we work with, in insurance companies, in banks. So my, I guess my message is to really think about this broadly. Hopefully we have enough people that also want to run a farm, but also to think about that industry broadly and see where those opportunities are coming up. And maybe one thing, Laura, because I, I work also on the advisory board for women in agriculture. If I can say, we really also want to see more women in agriculture. Uh, I think it's an important piece there is uh, because this is changing so much. Uh, I'd love to see more female, um, not only farmers, but uh, women in agriculture across the board. Absolutely. You know, and that certainly is a passion of mine as well. And we had this conversation uh, prior to the coffee talk last week. You know, it's, it's exciting to see, to go to these conferences, soil health conferences or other conferences, and go to a breakout session and see how many women are filling the seats in those technical capacities um, for, for the companies that they serve. So I, I do think that we're on the right track there. Um, but, you know, going back to that high school conversation, you know, I, I think that a lot of our, our teachers are just just as disconnected from that conversation as well. Um, you know, agriculture hasn't always been a, a sexy industry, if you will. And so to integrate technology into that conversation, I, I really think it gives us some leverage there. Uh, do you share those thoughts? What do you think are some things that we can do to help facilitate that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the, uh, it's all about being able to share those improvements that we're able to make and people get all excited about it. We had a talk about uh, three years ago at Southwest Southwest, which was really broad education. We did this together with Lando Lakes, who is really a good partner of Microsoft. And then people that approached us after the sessions just, oh, wow, I didn't know what's possible. So one of the, uh, you know, one of the uh, 
people that attended. He came, he quit the job opportunity with a large investment company, went back to school to Cornell University. I met him again at the hackathon and he's now has his own ag startup. So those are like, I think when I'm saying is when you reach people, when people learn about it, there is excitement. There's really excitement about the opportunity. I think it's important to get this message out. And I, I really appreciate that you're doing those talks because a lot of this, I think, is also about being able to share what uh, innovation is happening right now, what's coming in the near future. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for joining us here this morning, Claudia. Um, as we look at wrapping up, is there anything that I haven't asked that you think is pertinent to the conversation you want our listeners to take away? No, I, I think it's uh, it's fantastic. I, I think it's um, what, I, what I said before, this is not about technology, right? We, we don't want to talk about IoT or machine learning in isolation. Mm -hmm. I really want think about this thought about being able to make when we when you think back and we first used gps systems uh you know you would probably not trust it i remember we were saying no this is not the right way look at us today we're really sunk dependent on it but we also appreciate that others are sending signals and we understand that there is a traffic jam and and i know it's a it's a very simple example but in a way i think about that as well there's a lot that needs to be done about sharing and um and you know the community coming together to make better decisions and i think uh, i i hope if i if this is a little bit what i left with today and this thought about aggregation adding value out of data, I, I would be very happy about it. Very good. Well, thank you again. We, we certainly can't extend enough thanks for you sharing your time here this morning and, and an early morning for you there on the, the uh, West Coast. So have a great weekend and um, thanks again for sharing. Brian? Thanks so much, Laura. Thank, thank you, Claudia. Thanks for joining us for AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Connect with us on the web at agisuretrackcommunity.com.